2: Hey everyone, this is John
0: Roga from Movie Talk. By now, you've likely heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all of these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape and it's all ad-free. From beloved classics like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, to critically acclaimed documentaries like National Geographic's Free Solo, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. Disney Plus also offers some of the most beloved TV shows of all time, including 30 seasons of the Emmy award-winning animated series The Simpsons. And if that weren't enough, Disney Plus has also rolled out a host of originals like The Mandalorian, the first ever Star Wars live action series and high school musical the musical the series a very meta take on the beloved film franchise it's no wonder disney plus has become one of the most talked about streaming services of 2019 so don't miss out sign up for disney plus now and start streaming all this great content today
1: napa know how get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned napa
0: On another live episode of Collider Movie Talk, we got some comic book movie pushback going on, Elizabeth Banks defends her Charlie's Angels reboot, and hey, it's Marty versus Marvel again. But this time, with a twist, the Russo brothers have spoken.
3: There is a theme song. There is a theme song, <laughs> Coy. for so quiet. I was I like, I you I can't see. hear it, but there's a theme song.
0: Wouldn't you know the superhero guy needs a theme song? <laughs> I, a theme song. <laughs> I
3: mean, I agree. Welcome,
0: everybody, to a live episode of Collider <laughs> Movie Talk. I am your host, John Roca, sitting in for the rest of the week for Perry and off, who is off doing fun things. In Cabo, I can't say what it is, but she's doing fun things in Cabo. You saw yesterday; she opened that box. You know it's about the Jumanji thing. So we send you a bunch of love. Enjoy yourself. Have some tequila on me. But today we got to handle some uh, movie news business you live tequila for you. No, it's it Just straight up It's like, <laughs> Yo, well, tequila on me. Tequila, is tequila on me? clear. No, no, I love vodka. Oh, well, I'm sorry, alcoholic. I don't know that kind of stuff. <laughs> tequila connoisseur, connoisseur <laughs> sir. Tequila connoisseur. Anyway, let's introduce the panels you just saw in the wide
3: shot. There, we got Mr. Jay
0: Washington. How are you, brother? Um, I'm here as early, and I don't have tequila. <laughs> and he survived the Cats trailer, which we might be talking about later. And there's Coyandro. How are you, my
4: man? I'm still, I'm still seeing those eyes, <laughs> those terrifying
0: eyes. <laughs> How about that for a theme song?
4: I would like that to be the next <laughs> a horror thing they do. <laughs> the uh, thing. The, yeah, Universal. If Universal yeah. is Horror night next year, I oh want to God, be a cat Could race. you imagine it? So like it, Idris Elba come in and being like, yeah, I'm a cat and I want right, to be here. Right, it's actually Idris and actually James <laughs> yeah, Corden right and like there. like Helen
0: Mirren's just like, what have I become? Jane Doody Dinch is in there. She's yeah. just swinging. you yeah. like... It's interesting. Well, we might get to that uh, a little bit later on in the show, uh, but let's jump into our first segment here, and that's these uh, these kind of uh, uh, quotes that have come uh, here from Alan Moore and from Willem Dafoe, kind of pushing back against the superhero movies that have kind of been consuming our cinema. This has been the topic du jour over the last few months, but I put it on here to lead the show because I feel like it's starting to build from more and more different Voices. Yesterday, I had an interview with Hawk Koch, who's one of these uh, producers for, uh, who was a producer for uh, 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 Chinatown, uh, mm-hmm. Rosemary's Baby, and all these other things. Even Peggy Sue got married in Wayne's World, and he spoke about the <coughs> fact that he feels that we're losing the cinema. Are you don't call me losing the cinema and classic <laughs> stuff because of these superhero movies. So... I'm starting to hear this more and more from different voices. And now this interview from Alan Moore uh, came out here. And this is, this is a resurfaced interview from 2017 from a Brazilian outlet. It's a Fola de Sa Paulo, And it was published in English for the first time on Monday uh, on the Alan Moore World blog. He's talking about superheroes. And he says, the superheroes themselves. I think the impact of superheroes on popular culture is both tremendously embarrassing and not a little Worrying. While these characters were originally perfectly suited to stimulating the imaginations of the 12 or 13-year-old audience, today's franchised uber-mention uh, aimed at a sposo- supposedly adult audience seem to be serving some kind of different function and fulfilling different needs. Primarily, mass-market superhero movies seem to be abetting an audience who do not wish to relinquish their grip on, A, their relatively reassuring childhoods, ouch, or the relatively reassuring 20th century. The continuing popularity of these movies, to me, suggests some kind of del- Deliberate self imposed state of emotional arrest combined with a numbing condition of cultural stasis that can be witnessed in comics, movies, popular music, and indeed right across the cultural spectrum. The superheroes themselves, largely written and drawn by creators who have never stood up for their own rights against the companies that employ them, much less the rights of Jack Kirby or Jerry Siegel or Joe Schuster, which we have heard much about, would seem to be largely employed as cowardice compensators, perhaps a bit like the handgun on the nightstand. Whew. I would also remark that uh, save for a smattering of non-white characters and non-white creators, these books and these iconic characters are still very much white supremacist dreams of the master race. In fact, I think that a good argument can be made for D.W. D- D- Griffith's Birth of a Nation as the first American superhero movie and the point of origin for all those capes and masks. My God. Um, and this is the gentleman who, of course, is the source for The Watchman*. He wrote The Watchman*, V for Vendetta. I love Leave, leave Extraordinary Gentlemen as a graphic novel, not as a movie, but you hear this. This is uh, incredibly strong words from him, Coy. What's your reaction? I, I, He's got a perspective
4: that he feels very strongly about, and I disagree. Clearly. With it. But, but I, just because I disagree with it doesn't mean yeah, it's wrong. Right. So, like, he is, I mean... I love Alan Moore's work, but if you look at that guy, you don't think he's very social. So I feel like he's in a position where he's got a a certain curmudgeonly bitterness towards a certain property, and he was mistreated in certain ways. We know that Mm. Alan Moore doesn't believe in comic publishing, but he's also saying things that are clearly also out of touch. 2017 was only two years ago, and at that point, Marvel was already really making efforts and strides towards not being a predominantly white Uh, leading men and women role and they also were hiring below and above the line not everyone was white and they've also made lots and lots of progress every year so Mm -hmm. this is already outdated and that statement's outdated and I also feel like he's coming from a place of inherently negative now I love that Watchmen is a commentary on superheroes I love that V from Dad is a commentary on government and politics and that's what the superhero medium is it's it's a commentary so he has made art that's a commentary on the art itself which gives him a unique perspective which is why we value his opinion but I feel like he's also missing a very important point it's not emotional arrest it's not uh, a stagnancy it is the fact that we need this escapism now more than ever and I think the reason that superheroes have become more and more popular in the last 10 years is our world is simultaneously crumbling while we have more free time yeah. the more we let robots and things become more like the more you self check out at the grocery store the less you're interacting with a human is just one example like yeah. you're not having that brief like hey, like that that standard interaction mm-hmm. that is extrapolated through almost every single part of our society and our day to day life so as as we're more and more removed from people, I think we need the escapism of bigger spectacles and bigger blockbusters. And then that simultaneously with the fact that we're living in a fairly terrifying time, we need people that we believe in carte blanche. Right. So I think it's not emotional unrest. It's, it's a we need had to have hope again and i think these things give us
0: that and alan moore lost hope a long time ago well possibly do you do you think this is a generational thing jay do you think this is what he's saying though might have some kernel of truth that there are people who have and are in a state of emotional arrest who enjoy the superhero movies because it feels like they don't have to grow up they can yeah. stay young as people like to say in these derogatory terms man child or woman child And don't have to grow up. Do you think he's got a kernel of truth?
3: I don't. uh, Yes, it it is exactly a kernel. Okay. because, yes, a lot of people, we gravitate to them because of it's our childhood. Mm -hmm. And it brings us back to that point of innocence. I am wearing a Black Panther T-shirt from the comic book, from the comic book. It's a part of our our, our innocence when we had that point. Yeah, he's definitely out. Look at Alan Moore. Mm -hmm. Look at him. And it's not trying to be insulting by any means. It tells you he's disconnected from everybody. He's disconnected from things that are going on. I understand how a lot of comic books were drawn and originally created. Yes, but again, you have those Stan Lees and Jack Kirby's who took a different slope on everything, mm-hmm. who didn't want to make all the times the, the white characters, these superheroes, the supremacists, he, they allowed these different ethnicities to come in, these different genders as well. Yeah. and so it is now being translated on the screen in these movies if you told Alan Moore like I said before we went on air that Captain Marvel is a thing mm-hmm. regardless how anyone feels about Brie Larson personally but Captain Marvel is a thing Yeah, and she is a lead character she is a billion dollar property now Yeah, you know how would he handle that again yes our world for many people is terrifying at day in and day out Sure, and a lot of people have to venture into these comic book properties I was just talking to some people last night and we were talking about in a sense how a lot of movies as a whole just aren't fun anymore Mm -hmm. that is the reason everyone gravitates to comic book movies they're just fun rom-coms aren't just fun like they used to be right you know so when he has to be able to somebody has to show him what the world is
0: today yeah, I, but I don't know if he's the kind of guy who would necessarily be like once you show it to him be like change his mind. No, no you know? right. I'm not saying
3: you instantly change his mind. No, no, but, I say you have to let him know, hey,
0: this is what has changed. Right, right. But I and I and I think he's I think if he wanted access to seeing what's out there he could have access to seeing what's out there <laughs> with his connections with the comic book world or humanity, for God's sake. <laughs> so, but I, 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 take his point in this. There are in this, and, and, and Coy, we spoke about this on Heroes on the heels of the Bill Maher comments. This, mm-hmm. there is a certain generation of people who believe that this superhero movie genre or this, uh, or medium, as, as Amy might say on Heroes, uh, uh, is uh, symbolic of this, uh, it, inability to grow up with a desire not to grow up or not to do or not to be an adult but you see this world this generation has never been a more politically active more aware of what's going on globally in the world and more willing to try to do something to make some changes so i find this to be an incongruent philosophy when looking at the facts of people who actually uh, function and work in the world.
4: I think the difference between childlike and childish is more important than ever. And yeah, I yeah. think having a childlike sense of wonder makes you a better person. Having your eyes open, being receptive to change, being mm. receptive to getting more information makes you yeah. childlike. Being childish is the opposite. It puts you, it, it blunts you off from change. It makes mm. you more stubborn, much like someone with a giant beard in a cave right now. <laughs> it puts you in a different position of perspective. Mm. So I I don't think that we're emotionally stunted, all of us, some of us are. I don't think that we're emotionally uh, you know, backed up, but I do think that we're living in a time where we need to have things be fun. We, we need to see the, this progress. But then yeah. you look at the other side of the hypocrisy. How many people are angry because Marvel has a black Captain America? How many people yeah, are mm-hmm. angry? So, like, Alan Moore yeah. can't have this, like, it's all this problem, but then all, all the people on the other side of a certain aisle having this, like, they're ruining our characters because they're blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's not the case anymore. So it's not really fair. It's also digging up, a like, it, this Alan Moore things is banking the rounds from a 2017 interview when it was already better. But now it's even better. So mm-hmm. it's fun that we're so inundated with commentary on commentary that we're finding old articles to have the conversation because mm-hmm. Watchmen's popular. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's really interesting that we're we're is. it's a commentary on a commentary because of a t-
3: timing. And again, yeah. I think that's exactly it. If Watchmen was not a thing on HBO, yeah. and if it was not so riveting and and political and political yeah. more more than we have anything, a black woman as the lead of that show. Well, not even just the fact you have a black woman as the lead. The story within itself, yeah. from starting from the Black Wall Street massacre, going right. all the way the down riots, to where. We are right now If that was not the case They would not dig this up And I think that's another thing I'm glad that you mentioned We have to stop doing that we have to stop going back and grabbing Things because look if you're going to keep Going whether it's a year two years Three years you're constantly talking About you're trying to move forward but you're holding Yourself in the past right yeah. let that be What it was okay he said that then Is it relevant today it's Only relevant because of what his property Is that is on television right if his property Was not on television in this manner We would not talk about this but
4: okay. I like how Well-spoken and well-worked like I, I enjoy Alan Moore is no, no, a writer I, I, I agree see, with that I'm saying
3: this is a rare example where it's because
4: of the context. I'm agreeing yeah, with you, yeah. And I'm glad we have someone that has this perspective that doesn't sound dumb saying it.
3: Oh, absolutely. Because I'd rather have right. a conversation you know, I about... I, like, absolutely. I think
0: Alan Moore's words on this carry more weight than Bill Maher's worth. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Well, Why? Bill is a man that,
3: inside well, the industry. Also, right. we have For to look, we're looking at apples, excuse me, it's almost apples and oranges because Bill Maher's this type of person who will say condescending things just right. to say them, right. just to get in the rise. Again, Bill Maher knows that, hey, there's an audience that will rather watch a Marvel film, a DC film, a Dark Horse film than watch the Bill Mars right. show. Right, and man. you know what? Because he cannot obtain all of those fans, it upsets him. That's his fault. That's yep. his loss. Yep. But guess what? Some people like that. Some people are like you said there is a difference between childlike and childish. Mm. There's some people who want to escape and there's escapism people who dive into that to escape from everything but still go back to being an adult still go back to holding up to responsibilities yeah. and things as they need to and, and for Bill Maher to be the way that he is he's an ass plain and simple. Plus, the,
1: the
4: very format of these movies is to get important messages into broad, like broad mainstream yeah. society so I always see comic movies as a Trojan horse to get important messages to the masses. As
0: they've always been. And Comics that, have always comic done books, that too. Comic TV yeah. comic movies yeah.
4: so it's really exhausting when very smart people are saying they're only surface when it's so obvious that they're not. And and it's really, it's not fair to the people making this art to be judged while they're making art that is... Subs- like it, it's subverting expectations while supplying a message. Yep. I, I don't think we'd ever have a political thriller do as well as Winter Soldier. I don't think we'd ever have a mu- movie about Afrofuturism do as well as Black Panther. Mm. I don't think we'd ever have a movie about like uh, the oppressive nature of society do as well as The Joker. Yep. Those things wouldn't translate. Look at Brooklyn, um, uh, Motherless Brooklyn. Yep. Incredible yep. film that no one saw. Right. So I'd rather these movies have a little bit of shiny polish on them and get out there than not. That's fair.
0: And we move on here now to something a little more current. That's Willem Dafoe's comments. Uh, this was through Indie Wire. He was in an interview and uh, they point out in the article that in May uh, he refused to open up uh, about working on Aquaman. To them, Eric Cohn had written uh, quote, Defoe's eyes curled into slits and darkened when asked about Aquaman. I don't, I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But uh, Spider-Man, he, he says Spider-Man was great fun. Because remember, this is what made his bones. Yeah, Green. Go- I'm mean, obviously doing the independent films. I'm not discounting all the stuff he did. But Green Goblin is what brought him really fully into the mainstream here. Uh, he said Spider-Man was great fun because Sam Raimi made that feel like it was a little independent film. Ironic. This is what Defoe was gravitating to. And, of course, what he, he really made his bones on uh, as an actor is independent cinema, independent films. But then he said about his time on Aqua. Oh, man, He did it. eventually open up or about the filming of comic book movies here. He said, you have fun with some of the things you get to do because there's lots of hardware. and There's lots of crazy crane shots and those kind of things. That's fun. But stuff is overshot. They spend a lot of money on big set pieces because that's what delivers the action. And I find them too long and too noisy. But let's not get into this. I don't want to bite the hand that feeds me. But no, seriously, folks, look, these mo- these aren't movies. I run to what I worry about is these, those big movies. They need something to feed them. They need a surge and they need people pushing the boundaries so they can go forward because they're not in the business of going forward, really. They're in the business of business and you can make beautiful things because they have a lot of resources. So, Jay, yes. you go, you hear two separate points he's trying to make here uh, about this. Mm-hmm. One is that it's fun to be on these things, mm-hmm. but they are overshot and noisy. The second point is, Um, But you have to push the boundaries on them to keep this thing alive or else it'll just become a product. What do you think? Spider-Man,
3: Spider-Man, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man is what, 2000? I think so. Yeah, 2000. 2000. This is before we started going to the big budgets of these superhero films. Of superhero films, yes. Right. So imagine if we had that budget then. Mm. It would probably be the same type of movie. I mean, it wouldn't be maybe as grandiose. We don't know what Sony would have done, but we know it would have been more in the budget. And I get that, yeah, you're saying, oh, this is what this is what feeds it and it's, it's the business and whatnot. Yes. there's also a story embedded within comic books. Yeah, that is the thing. There's source material that lends itself to the property, just as you have other novels that are translated into film and the TV shows and whatnot. Mm-hmm. This is just happen to, this just happens to be a medium where everything is action-based it's action based yes there's a story but it's action based so in order to get the best return on it the best translation of it you have to have this big loud thing do this you have to have these shots that show some way to bring this wow this whole world came to be again we talk about the Avengers you talk about even Justice League the worlds of the two of those superheroes together those gigantic team ups against these outer worldly forces if you will that can't be done like an independent film it just cannot be done that way and again You are in Aquaman bro Calm (laughs) down You are about to do Aquaman 2 it is going to be a loud film. You thought the technology that James Wan used in Aquaman 1 was something. It is almost similar to us waiting on James Cameron for Avatar 4.
0: Yeah. You know uh, what I'm saying? Well, so you're going to get that. Yeah, I hear you, uh, Jay. You make excellent points. Uh, real quick, just to clear clarify, Spider Man <clears throat> was 2002. Oh, 2002. And, or, okay, on $139 million budget. That's a very expensive independent That's film. Especially <laughs> in 2002. Two. That's like 2002. A 200 million yeah, dollars. Now, 800, over 800 million worldwide. So, yeah, um, Corey, what do you think when you hear these comments do you Uh, you agree with Jason do you agree with I think you can make an independent
4: superhero film I think they just did They made a billion dollars I think that you can do things in different tonalities and I think that it's not a format it's a it's an entire broad strokes concept superhero Mm -hmm. movies aren't one thing And if anything can show that, it's Aquaman versus the Joker. Same studio. Same team. Same PR. Same so many parts. And they couldn't be more different. And someone that makes pasta doesn't walk around yelling about someone that makes really good green beans. I don't understand why we're living in a world where people can't appreciate the difference in art. Like, people that are subway artists aren't mad at Quiznos. Like, they're all different formats of very similar things. I appreciate the lighthouse. It's not something I would watch like ten times. Whereas Aquaman, if I'm wanting to zone out and have a beer, I'm going to watch Aquaman. So I I think they have different merits. If I want to be intellectually stimulated, I'll watch something else, or I'll watch the Joker, because that fits both. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to ever disparage someone else making art. So I think Willem Dafoe is smart to say not bite the hand that feeds him, probably a little later than he should have. But I do think it's a really tricky time to be judging anyone else making anything and, and movie theaters are going to close down if we don't have these movies yeah. these are the movies that keep theaters open right now it is in between properties so the theater's really slow I went to the movie the other day and I was the only one in the house watching uh, Motherless Brooklyn yeah. I was literally they, they pressed play for me they lost money on that I guarantee the electricity was less than the price of my ticket right. so like I was then that's dangerous and that's not good so They keep saying that they're killing cinema. They keep saying they're running people out of cinema. They keep saying all these things. There's too much TV content for people to want to go out. There's too much good quality long-form streaming content for people to want to leave the house. We need to bring something to the theater that is big enough to warrant the $20 they're going to spend or more and driving there, getting out of their car, going out, packing up the kids. So – Keep movies like this existing, and then also the other movies will get to exist as well. I don't want theater to die.
3: Mm-hmm. Let me let me see your phone for a second. Oh, uh, mm. okay. That's it to me. <laughs> this is many people's theaters. Yeah. This is many people's theaters now. Right. The idea of going to a theater house, a movie cinema... Does not apply in general anymore. Mm-hmm. There are some yes who are watching this who are like, "Yo, I still love going to the theater," and that is yeah. that is what people are going to do. But as a whole, we've gotten to that point now where people would rather be at home, or if they do it, it's just like, "Okay, what's the event for it?" Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yeah, every movie is not an event, but this is never this isn't anything new either. Right. Where you have yes, we have the blockbusters now, I get that, but at the same time, we had movies where it was an event for people to go see, and there were still other films that were considered
0: under seen in, in theaters. Yeah, it just seems to me that this there is this, it's almost, it's almost uh, very uh, correlative to what happened with Mark Hamill in Last Jedi, right? he His actual feelings would bleed through these comments, and then he'd take it back, and then he'd... Flare up with another comment about it and then have to take it back again. And I think this is what happened. These people get involved in these movies. If their if their principles are really as strong as they claim they be, then they shouldn't be doing these movies. That but that is the paycheck thing. is nice. That paycheck makes it work. So yes, I'm not I'm not trying to insult anybody. We all gotta live in this world, but we also gotta take responsibility for our actions. And I feel like if an actor goes into these movies, especially Willem, who's been in a Spider-Man movie and has come back in uh, in flashbacks or whatever, Mm -hmm. and then also in this Aquaman movie that made a billion dollars, I'm sure this is those kinds of things you have to take responsibility for. Look, whatever your feelings are about these movies, you were in them. So, like, why – and coming back saying, oh, I don't want to bite the hand that feeds me, that to me is like, well, you got to pick a side. And, and I feel like, to me, he played both sides in this, com- in this comment being like, yes, they're overshot, they're noisy. It's fun, but they're overshot and they're noisy. I don't want them to push movies out. The public does it. Not the movies. It's supply and demand. Mm-hmm. If you put a bunch of superhero movies out and nobody went to see it, guess what? The public doesn't want superhero movies. But if you put a bunch of independent films out there and they do get some kind of screening, they do get, uh, uh, you know, we see posters, things of that nature, and nobody goes to see them. What can I tell you? It's capitalism. It's supply and demand. This is a business. I've said this a million times. And people forget, like,
3: people forget, like, people always say, well, you're, you're just comic book fans. And that's what you'll say. No, I like movies. It's just the, one of the genres and mediums I grew up on yeah. as a child is now my biggest thing to watch on TV and film. Right. Is that my fault because I like that? No. Because guess what? I still like other action films. I still watch drama. I still watch horror movies. It doesn't matter. It's just the one main thing I've gravitated to since my childhood is now prevalent for me.
4: I was downright proud that Ford vs. Ferrari did this well this weekend because I I thought it wasn't going to. And when it exceeded all expectations, it gave me hope that there was a chance to have a slower burn, actual, practical action drama on the big Mm -hmm. screen. And the fact that it made way more than people expected shows that – Things aren't as dead as people are claiming, and it's not anywhere close to a superhero film. And it wasn't advertised... Incorrectly, it wasn't. It wasn't. No one was pandering at right. that movie. So these things can still exist because that's practically a high budget indie. That movie has very indie sensibilities, and it's incredible.
0: Yeah, and here's breaking news: independent films that were good and nobody went to see has been happening for decades. Decades since the dawn since of cinema. Film, indie films exactly. film been failing. Yes, unfairly. <laughs> There are great films in the '90s, independent films, and nobody went to see. Stereza's and Sundance was Exactly. The reason so Sundance was created. It's always been a problem. It's not just comic book or superhero movies. It's always been a problem.
4: I just feel like that's been the excuse of journalists to ask that I feel like everyone is making right. the excuse of like it's because this is the problem what is your take and I'm just I, I'm getting threadbare about people blaming a thing that is right. helping keep theaters open not hurting them
0: well and I hope you enjoyed our discussion because the reason I wanted to put it, I know some of you might have been like oh this again no I wanted to go into a deeper discussion into the foundation the core of what this is all about and throw some things out there like this has been happening for decades so it's not something new or revolutionary and for people to co-opt this narrative to use it against superhero movies I think is in is not genuine mm-hmm. And it's not factual or not, does not have foundation in fact. So, uh, well, speaking of action movies, as Jay just mentioned, let's move on to our second story. My God, after this fun 22 minute conversation, (laughs) uh, Elizabeth Banks uh, has come out to defend uh, uh, the studio that she was uh, doing Charlie's Angels for, uh, for making. The movie. Uh, this, of course, the movie did bomb. was big news yesterday about the movie bombing. She defended it. She said she was in one of her tweets uh, here <coughs> addressing it yesterday. She said, uh, well, if you're going to have a flop, make sure your name is on it at least four times. I'm proud of Charlie's Angels and happy it's in the world. And there's nothing wrong with a creator and a director taking pride in their work. And certainly a lot of the reviews for Charlie's Angels were incredibly positive, and people had great experiences seeing the movie. Uh, she, but she went on to say... Uh, uh, defending the film, uh, being, rebo- uh, being rebooted. You've had 37 Spider-Man movies, so you're not complaining. I think women are allowed to have one or two action franchises every 17 years. I uh, feel totally fine with that. And, and then she told The Sun, look, people have to buy tickets to this movie too. This movie has to make money. If this movie doesn't make money, it reinforces a stereotype in Hollywood that men don't go see women do action movies. Now, I'm going to preface this before we get into it. No shock to anyone who's got eyes. It's three dudes on the panel. Or talking, ears if you're hearing. It's or three ears dudes. if you're hearing. it. It's three dudes on the panel to talk about. It. So obviously I'm going to say it's three guys talking. But, but I also think it's three guys who can look at this in an objective way and have a conversation about it. Hopefully we do that presenting both sides of it. So I go to uh, Jay. I mm. go to you first on this one. Um, you hear these comments from Elizabeth, uh, who is, of course, made a lot of money off Pitch Perfect 2. Had some uh, cachet coming in to make this movie. But the movie did only make $8 million over the weekend. What do you think about a comments? Do you think this is like kind of shielding herself, or do you think this is a, you know, this is, there are legitimate points here?
3: Get ready to make your tweets and your internet comments and your YouTube comments about this for getting upset. Okay. But I hope Elizabeth Banks' shoulder is okay for this reach she did. Oh, okay. Because, first of all, to say that men did not go see this movie is the reason why I did 8.6 million. Men are not the only moviegoers in the world. Mm-hmm. Stop that. Women didn't show up either. I know a lot of women who did not show up. The trailers did not do justice to this movie. The studio did not promote this film. Also, no one wanted a 20 years later reboot of Charlie's Angels. When you say Spider-Man had all these reboots, it had not been a long time in between. It actually got to the point where a lot of people were like, damn, do you need to reboot it again? Mm -hmm. Think about it. When we said we got to get Andrew Garfield, we got to get Tom Holland, we got tired of having the character rebooted. So Mm -hmm. stop that. Also, the original Charlie's Angels in 2000 made $40 million opening weekend. Charlie's Angels Full Throttle in 2003 made $37 million. All right. Also, they had three names attached that people wanted to see. And Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, and Lucy Liu. Kristen Stewart is your only front runner in this movie. And a lot of people do not like her. Let's just men and women. Mm. So you cannot, there are a lot of factors that were against this movie. I know a lot of people who said they liked it. And for them, that is great. Corey, you're one. Our own Perry Nimmeroff is one. Yeah, sure. So to say that it was like people didn't want to give this movie a chance, there was nothing behind this that said, go see this. Also, people are tired of reboots as a whole. Mm-hmm. Terminator Dark Fate, which was right. I pumped up to be this biggest thing coming out this year, right. bombed horribly. This bombed. Halloween is the only thing right now. There's child's play even bombed. Yep. So Halloween is the only one everybody's like, okay, I'm kind of with it. And but, it was only made for ten million. And it's only made for ten million. Right, right. But all these other reboots, everybody's like, no, I'm tired of it. So there are a lot of other factors that she has to see or has to want to see instead of just trying to say, oh, well, did nobody want to support? Men didn't want to support this or no one wants to give women a chance. That is not true
0: by any stretch of the imagination. I think this is an interesting, uh, I think this is interesting comments from Elizabeth, because I also think, one, she's making some good points within some bad points that are factually incorrect. The 37 Spider-Man, was, and you're not complaining, we did complain. Everybody complained in the superhero world, the comic book, we were getting another Spider-Man reboot. There were articles written about how we were going to do this again. People did not think it was going to work in the MCU. People were worried how it was going to do, how they were going to introduce him. Do we really need another Spider-Man on the heels of that terrible, amazing Spider-Man 2, in my opinion. Uh, and, but it worked. So that, that's factually incorrect. But her saying women uh, should be allowed one or two action franchises every 17 years, there's some validity to that. Absolutely. It's not a predominantly female genre, right? So to have women come forward with this, I get... Her points of view, but also this idea of how she's discounting Wonder Woman, and I'll get your thoughts on this. Koi she, uh, she goes on further in the comments when people had pushed back to say, "Well, what about Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel as female-led action movies that made a lot of money?" She says they'll go see a comic book movie with Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel because that's a male genre. So even though these movies are about women, they put them in the context of feeding the larger comic book world. So it's all about yes, you're watching a Wonder Woman movie, but we're setting up three other characters, or we're setting up Justice League. She says I'm happy for these characters to have box office success but we need more women's voices supported with money because that's the power the power is the money she's right but if women don't come see your movie what are we talking about so I
4: try to see two movies opening weekend, and I try to do the first one. If I can only have time for one, I try to be the one I'm trying to vote for. You know what I mean? I'm trying to, like, this is my money. I'm supporting you. Right. This that's, is the opening weekend. So I try to see a movie on Friday or Saturday so it actually counts towards the conversation we're having. That's yeah. your
0: symbolic way that, of supporting yeah, exactly. it. Exactly.
4: Yeah. So I'll see my – if I want to see something else, that'll be – I'll wait till Sunday. But I, this is, like, here, I believe in you. Mm-hmm. So I saw Charlie's Angels the moment I could because I wanted to support – I want – I personally want more female-led action movies very badly. Yeah. Uh, I didn't enjoy Atomic Blonde as much as I wanted to. I didn't enjoy uh, I didn't enjoy the new John Wick as much as I wanted to. There's movies that I've been really hyped for. He's not a woman, but I'm thinking of movies that are the action franchises that I've built up to and then been like. Ugh. Charlie's Angels didn't do that. I didn't, I didn't have super high expectations and it exceeded the, the medium expectations I had. It was fun. It was more practical effects than I expected. Kristen's great, man. She's so much fun in this and she finally got to be herself. She wasn't like playing a part. She was just being Kristen. And there's so much in this movie that really, is important, but because of these comments, it puts us on the defensive, and that's really hard when... The movie the movie gets uh, a lot. Like, one of my favorite actors in the game is Jonathan Tucker, and he doesn't get to talk in this movie. And, no, like, no, there no. are certain things that they do, I'm like, but that's a weird choice. And it, there's also moments where I'm like, that feels a little heavy-handed. So, yeah. that juxtaposed with the message it's trying to say, also in conjunction with certain comments, it's really hard to defend something where I was like, no, no, I was there, I showed up, I made this my vote, I wanted to support yeah. it. Don't, don't yell at me, because they didn't advertise it, right? So, it It's a good movie. It's fun. I recommend you see it. We need more movies like this, but I think to come out this aggressively, it, it, not aggressively—that's the wrong word—to come out and say to broad stroke it to come yeah. out and say in broad stroke something that's a lot more micro and to make it a macro is not
0: fair. Well, and we've seen many male and female directors through the years blame the audience for not coming to see the movies. And hey, look, I'm a Latino, right? When Latino films come out, I try to go see them, but because that's the way to support the genre. Do, do I always do? They, are they always good movies? No. Uh, nobody makes all good movies. Not even Pixar. So it's like it's that, that happens. But you, what do you do to support. But do people come out and support it? So I think her anger needs to be more about the general public. It's easier to go, oh, the men didn't come see it. But if, as Jay said... Women didn't go see this, and I've spoken to a number of women who had no interest in seeing this. Then what are we talking about at that point? We have to tell truths about what's really happening. Also, when she it's brought up sides.
3: When she brought up Wonder Woman, you were completely discrediting a, a 97% female box office for Wonder Woman. And, and it I think didn't set like
4: that. I think that was my trigger. I was like, don't make this
3: about it. no, because you can't it do that. Also,
0: I'm, it once again she's incorrect. It didn't set up justice league It, didn't set up, it, it, set up, it wasn't was, trying to it set up like another larger it. it wasn't trying to set up a larger world. But the thing is, no, and I,
3: all of that aside. Yeah. women went out in droves to see yes. Wonder Woman yeah, and Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel yes. And it wasn't, you had, look, I wish somebody would show Elizabeth Banks the internet and when I say that, the comments and the hate threads that were started by Captain Marvel because yeah. people, men did not like Brie Larson, right. but yet Captain Marvel made 1.3 billion dollars at the box office, mm. so it's like you can't do that, like yes, you want women in action roles, look I would take Halle Berry's role in John Wick 3 to see if they did something off of that to spur mm. off that, spin off. Yeah. yeah but also it's the same thing like you said with Latino roles where it comes to black actors and black mm. Directors, look. A Wrinkle in Time was done by Abel Duvernay, and the movie was bad. We tried to support it, but it's a bad film. Yeah, it's a bad film. And yes, for those who don't realize, it's a Disney movie too. It was bad.
0: Yeah, I think but it, no, no. But I say that to say.
3: Okay. People support and will put their money to support things they want to support. Mm-hmm. The thing that they're supporting has to pan out behind And them. I was going to support Elizabeth Banks.
4: Like I, That's why I went, because I wanted to support her as a writer, director, producer. I love her online presence. I, I, I like her as a woman. I like her. Uh, the Witching with Pitch Perfect is great. Pitch Perfect 2 made all the money because it it's did. a very strong film and has a lot of good things to say while being in a great sequel vein. It's hard to make a good sequel mm. off of something that was a sleeper hit. There was no expectation for Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect 2 had all the expectations. That's a really hard thing to land. Right. So I was really excited for her to land an action franchise <coughs> and to be another, another woman director making these big, big movies. So that's why I supported it. So it just reading a comment that feels so
0: dismissive of what I was trying to do was like, but there were those that did this. Yeah, yeah, and you know, sometimes you just have to take the loss and say, look, this is a good movie, and she did, she said at the end, she said I'm proud of what we did, I don't know about saying I'm good to put my name four times all over, I, that seems a bit ego there but whatever, it's Hollywood um, but I think her being proud to have the movie being out there, that's a great way to present the movie and if people didn't go see it look, Soderbergh didn't come out after Out of Sight bombed and said, people shouldn't go, people hate these kinds of movies, blah blah blah, and it would be it would be akin to a black fi- filmmaker coming out going, well, screw." Black Panther, because that was part of setting up the larger MCU. And it's like, well, no... That was a film that really highlighted a lot of black, issues in the black community on both sides. The idea of what is black, what isn't black. The idea of shutting yourself off and ignoring the African American mm-hmm. experience for the purely African experience. So I think there's these are the things that sometimes they try to dismiss superhero movies in this way, and I think it's it's kind of a mistake overall. But I think Elizabeth Elizabeth makes some made some good points within her comments here about needing more women to lead these action mills, needing more, and there's this desperation and, and and I think it's fair, because looking at the world of sports, when a black coach fails, he rarely gets a chance to get rehired again. When a white coach fails, you see him all the time get rehired. So, in, in Hollywood, it's the same kind of thing. People are afraid that if people don't see these movies, they're going to lose their opportunities to do them.
3: One of the directors of Captain Marvel was a woman. I cannot remember her name. Yes. Please forgive me. Uh, yeah. Kathy Yan is directing Birds of Prey. Yes. So, and granted, yes, I know these are part of certain movies. Anna Bowden. Yeah. Anna Boden. And then you had Olivia Wilde with Booksmart early. It's awesome. not an action yeah. movie, but it was an indie film, which we we were talking about early which a lot of people didn't go see but now is on its way to becoming a cult favorite mm-hmm. so right. these things are happening and like you said yes yeah, she has absolutely good points in there mm-hmm. and strong points but there are other arguments she makes within her points that make you go come on i'm with you now i'm pulling back but yeah. i'm with you now yeah. i'm pulling back
1: yeah.
4: And,
3: and it should be seen,
4: for what it's worth. Yeah. Uh, for what it's worth in this conversation,
0: goes to Charlie's Angels. Yeah, we'll see this for the, the, uh, pretty much everyone I know who went to see it. Wendy Scott Menzel, who's been a frequent guest on, on Movie Talk. Uh, you mentioned Perry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Perry. Yeah, yeah uh, you saw it. Quite, a lot of people enjoyed their experience. In uh, seeing Charlie's Angel. So it's just an unfortunate casualty of the situation for whatever reason. I-, I believe it was marketing. I believe that casting had a lot to do with it mm-hmm. as well, just because they're not well known names. At the time that uh, Cameron Diaz, Andrew Barrymore, and Lucy Liu, they were at the height or the prime of, of their the visibility and yeah, mm-hmm. their career. So it made a logical sense. If this was Brie Larson and Gal Gadot and. Uh, 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 Kate McKinnon. Kate, no, or no. Or, um, Naomi Harris. Uh, uh, no. Na- Naomi uh, Harris. Oh, Lupita Nyongo. If it was those yeah. three, oh, yeah. if there Those three, they'd have made a crap ton of money off this movie. So, you know, like, you should be proud that the movie is good, it's being reviewed well. Unfortunately, people didn't go. Book smart, same situation. It's a great point you bring Mm up. Female led great film that had uh, that had a kind of a, a, a super bad vibe to it people just didn't go see it and that's unfortunate and that's another I think both of these suffer from I, I'd be mad at
4: the advertisers not, yes, that, not I'd be be mad mad at, at the PR TV. team like book marketing smart, absolutely book smart advertising didn't sell the movie that I saw mm-hmm. and then I I really loved it and then I spread the word but then Charlie's Angels I think I saw like two trailers both of which sold it as a much more surface film like yeah. the humor wasn't played up The there's so much practical action in this or the action is practical with augmented CGI which I consider more practical because we're failing at doing any practical nowadays it's more practical than cgi and that's amazing in 2019 so i was really impressed with the stunt players in this movie they've got some actual original stunts Mm -hmm. there's a chase scene in this movie that wasn't boring you know hard to just do a chase movie after you've seen a hundred chases in every movie it's very good and very different it's it's a fun time you know
3: what was the biggest thing marketed about charlie's angels the video yeah the music video the The don't call me yes the don't call me angel video was marketed and pushed more than the movie itself yeah And I understand, yes, we're talking about mega pop stars and Ariana Grande and whatnot. I think Selena Gomez is a part of it as well. But this was the key jump off point for the movie as well. In the first trailer, that whole, that music, that song played through and they made sure they said, hey, new song for the movie. You focused more on the song. And then you made the movie just seem like in the trailer just seemed like a music video as opposed to a movie to go see. I feel like the advertisers don't know
4: how to advertise to that demographic. The, the younger demographic is, is really hard to, to weigh in. Like, like, like this Quibbly and Twitch and all these things that are like mm. these new formats. I feel like the studios don't know how to get the attention of that audience. And I feel like that audience needs these movies more than ever. Yeah. I want girls from 11 to 16 to have strong female action stars. Like, I had strong female action stars growing up, so I I think that's what they needed to advertise to, and I think that's why they tried the music video. I just think it didn't land.
0: Yeah, I just and I think, and it feels like maybe the studio didn't believe in the movie as much as they needed to believe in the movie themselves. And that, so there has to, I think there's a lot of blame to go around. Certainly none of it belongs to Elizabeth because she directed a damn good movie that apparently a lot of people enjoy. So it's just unfortunate that there wasn't enough interest for people to go see the movie on both sides of of the gender aisle. So, uh, well, you know, we'll see what happens. If it ends up turning a profit down the road, we'll see. All right, uh, let's move on to some plugs here, and Koi uh, 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 Jandro's uh, running mate for Collider Heroes has something to say. Let's, let's take a listen.
4: Hi, I'm Amy Dallin, one of the hosts of Collider Heroes. And starting right now, you can catch our show Tuesday nights with a new Collider Heroes and a longer Collider Heroes podcast where Koi and I are going to talk your ears off.
0: You already know that's coming. So make sure to go to YouTube, subscribe, and find us on the Collider Heroes podcast feed for all of that sweaty goodness. I love Amy. She's so great. I love producing that show with her and Coy. And that is coming up later on today. Uh, Adam Smith switching on that one as well. they switching Collider Movie Talk for us today. Thank you, Adam. As we move on to our last, uh, last uh, uh, item here, and that's the Russo Brothers. Finally responding to Martin Scorsese's comments. I don't know if you remember this, but Martin Scorsese made some comments about Marvel films. That was a really big deal. And Coppola came out and became an internet troll uh, with his responses. But Scorsese is the one you wanted to be focused on here. And the Russos finally responded. And this was, uh, I think it was in, uh, in an interview here, they said... Uh, ultimately, uh, I think this was THR. Ultimately, we define cinema, and they, they were uh, promoting 21 Bridges, with, which is starring with Javik Bozeman that they're producing. Uh, Joe Russo said, ultimately, we define cinema as a film that can bring people together to have a shared emotional experience. But at the end of the day, what do we know? We're just two guys from Cleveland, Ohio, and cinema is a New York word. In Cleveland, we call them movies. Oh, I love that. That's great. Great political trolling by Joe Russo. <laughs> uh, Anthony Russo said, the other way to think about it, too, is nobody owns cinema. We don't own cinema. You don't own cinema. Scorsese doesn't own cinema. And they went further on to talk about success, and they said, when we look at the box office of Avengers Endgame, we don't see that as a signifier of financial success. We see it as a signifier of emotional success. Right? Right? One of the digs that people have made against these comic movies, and certainly MCU movies, it's a movie that had an unprecedented impact on audiences around the world, in the way that they shared that narrative, and the way that they experienced it and the emotions they felt watching it. Coy, you hear these? I, I mean, they're mated. They're they're doing good shade. Certainly oh, Solid shade Solid shade, solid shade. Like The Cleveland shade Like it's a
4: very specific Shade, of shade.
0: <laughs> If Cleveland Browns Played this kind of shade They'd be in the It'd be it'd a top different of the different conversation But like You look at this uh, You look at their comments what, what are your thoughts?
4: I feel like the Russos Are as smart As they are great filmmakers yeah. It takes a certain level Of intelligence To make the caliber of films That make the number one uh, Spot of all time And I feel like They have earned The amount of like Sass they get to have Yes uh, I do think that I, if I was in their spot, I'd be so aware of every press person trying to sneak that in. I'd be so aware of, like, well, we're gonna go talk about our movie that has nothing to do with comics for once, but boy, oh boy, I guess we're gonna have to be those comic <laughs> book guys. Oh, Scorsese's talking in, god damn it, Scorsese. Like, it would be so exhausting to be in love with the films of Martin Scorsese, be a cinephile, and yeah. be aware that you're gonna be like in the hot seat of, like, how do I not? He's gonna, they're gonna, okay, yep, let's do this. And then the way they handled it was beautiful. Yeah. Like, knowing that level of pressure, they just, you know.
0: Home run. They went red state, blue state. It was perfect. They went red state, blue state, Jay. They said movies are what we call them here in hard-working, blue-collar <laughs> yeah. Cleveland, Ohio. Political response. Cinema, yeah.
3: Cinema's a New York word. We don't deal with that's those we high call them Chicago. We go, That's what we call Chicago. That's what we call Chicago. You go to the movies. <laughs> you go to the movies. I hate to bring
1: it to you. That's what they call in every city. All right, you don't go to the... going? Right, everybody going go to the... <laughs> Nobody goes, let's go to the, let's go to the cinema. Let's go to the cinema. To the, the theater, the, 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 to the, the theater. theater. Like,
3: you go to the... look like you just said they're tired of it (laughs) at this point they have a movie look they're producing another movie it's called 21 Bridges that is what you focus on with the Russos plain and simple this discussion we keep having can again we as pundits, journalists interviewers, critics, whatever you want to call it stop asking people about this thing right now stop this conversation it is dead in the water we already get it a lot of older directors do not like Marvel or DC movies or comic book movies in general we get There are some younger directors who don't. They just don't, plain and simple. Can we move on? Ladies and gentlemen, I don't care how Martin Scorsese feels anymore. I don't care how Francis Ford Coppola feels. I don't care how anybody who doesn't like, because guess what? They are allowed to not like it. It is an opinion, and they're not right or wrong for it. They are allowed to not like it. After Black Panther did so well,
4: I thought it would get quieter, not louder, and it's gotten so much louder. And I feel like with Black Panther doing so well, how many people went back and watched Fruitvale's? Station. How many people have been back mm. and watched oh, that wouldn't have seen it otherwise? Yep. How many people got to experience true art and cinema because of the art and cinema of Black Panther that otherwise wouldn't have? Yeah. Fruitvale Station was the tiniest release, tiniest movie, and now it's got a following in part because of Ryan Coogler's mm-hmm. fame and, and legacy. So I, I just want the Russos and whatever other director and any of these people making these superhero movies to get to be like, yeah, i made one of those, but also look at all the art I made. Like, yeah. look at my. If IMD. I'm
3: Michael B. Jordan, I'm like, yo, I was on the wire. Yeah. It was on The Wire cuz yeah. you know everybody Netflix The Wire when it came out. But again, stop bringing it up to yeah. them. Yeah. Let 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 the the Russells know what they did. It's as of right now will be unmatched until somebody else comes out bigger.
0: Yeah. It I'm, is what it is. I programmed it on the show because it's they're finally commenting. Yeah. I think we're probably moving away from this topic. Unless it's a, like a, a big controversial back and forth maybe on Twitter or something. No, but unless, I, I, so I, think it's, I think we had to discuss it because it's the, it's the Russo's finally responding. Yeah, yeah okay, I get it. No, no, I get it, we've but been it's been like, waiting. we've been waiting for it, yeah, but it's yeah. like, can we just let it go? I like we'll Frozen is coming out.
1: Let it go,
4: let it go. That's while we're on, I'm, I'm while really we're on <laughs> tirades, uh, someone in the live chat, we were talking about the, the everlasting problem of uh, Go Woke, Go Broke, yeah. right? Like that's, that's, the, mm, that's, yeah. a certain, that's a certain flavor of, I just want to, like the top movies of all time, you got Avengers Endgame, which is diversifying its cast from being a bunch of white dudes, which is, you know, going woke and probably sending your opinions. Uh, we've got Avatar, which is about respecting nature over commerce and capitalism, which well, is about as woke indigenous as Indigenous people as Indig- well. Indigenous people, and like, it's overall about respecting your yeah, planet, yeah. including the indigenous yeah. people. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty woke mm. to me. Uh, we've got Titanic, which is about class warfare. Uh, we've got Star Wars The Force Awakens, which is about believing in yourself and not believing in your legacy as a whole. It's about becoming, like, you know, your own person.
0: With and a female lead. With a female, female lead. lead.
4: And then, of course, we have uh, The Lion King, which is about respecting the indigenous people of an area instead of dealing with you know genocide and a lot of big problems most of the movies that are in the top 10 including Fate of the Furious which is the most diverse cast probably of any franchise yeah, are woke so Go, woke broke, go broke doesn't quite work, so please, for the love, gotta read a book. It's just, a, it's just a. Hashtag. It's just exa- I can't. I can't. I get, can't. It. I get it. yeah. <laughs> It's just a
0: hashtag, but you know, people have freedom of speech. There, right? some people them. don't need to talk. It though. isn't a correct right. narrative. I just—it's like, right. on damn paper. Sure. It's yeah. a box of soda. Every piece there. of entertainment has always been socially conscious. That's what makes the entertainment so universal. Somebody and just went to comments. is stretching. Is
3: he really? No. I just read I a mean, list. Bro. He read a list of what the exact movies are and what they're. Oh, you're really stretching. You're reaching. You're reaching. And he's if I'm a dying a mountain, I'm
4: a
0: dying a mountain to being progressive yeah. instead of dumb. Well, oh. see, we'll see him speak in the comments. Let's get into some of these chats. Justin Rosk asks, "Do you think uh, Scary Cats is reaching for the same market that The Greatest Showman reached, and do you think it has any chance of being that successful as well?" And that's on the heels of the new trailer that dropped uh, today, uh, this morning, rather. All three of us watched it in separate uh, stages of horror. Uh, <laughs> feelings overall about this Cats trailer. and Do you think it will remotely? even come close to what British Shulman did.
4: I think I'm worried that it looked more normal. I don't know if I've seen too much cats in the last two months. Like I was watching this, like, why does this feel okay? Like their their faces. I mean, obviously they've worked on the CGI, but the mapping looked so much better that I was like, I feel like I've watched too much of cats because now this feels normalized. Like (laughs) there was that uncanny valley was moved a little more. I'm like, why is this acceptable? Uh, And I was I was struck by how I was just kind of nonplussed. It was really interesting to watch something with so much going on and not being all that like pulled into it. I was just like, well, there sure are some cat people on screen. Guess that's fine. I. Jay,
0: do we need more cats-led action films?
3: Are they cats? That <laughs> <laughs> is the most terrifying thing? Somebody tweeted me, saying, so Are you gonna react to it? Here's my reaction. Adam, please. Ah! It's terrifying <laughs> The thing is, it's horrifying The original trailer's scared Look, Idris that Idris Elba as a thug That is wanted cat That is horrible Rebel Wilson being Rebel Wilson just with fur Is terrifying James Gordon looking like an oversized Pepe Le Pew Is scary <laughs> This is just something that should not happen And they're like, oh, it's, the greatest showman Is his own thing And there was a, a level of splendor and beauty with that movie And it's trying to be recreated that you can see in creats because if you watch the old musicals if you watch the old movie and stuff like that but this tries to go above and beyond because now we have, that is scary that is horrifying no, it's scary. Like, <laughs> you just know
4: especially like there's something about how they mapped his eyes and like his cheekbones it's, like this area is like why like I don't need that in my back. I don't
0: need that also makes you feel like uh Taylor Swift is only in it for one number one set it piece. seems like one every shot is from, from that set piece. but she's
3: Taylor Swift and yeah, because you would be I think she would the cat No no office. I'm just saying you would be dumb. Dumb to not market yeah, Taylor of course, of course. Swift in your movie, even if she's there for thirty six seconds. Well, Look, yeah. She's like a black person at the beginning of a horror movie. She might not make it to the end,
0: but I'm not saying she's gonna oh die. My God, to... This is not a topic. You got you got your points. Let's move on.
1: Here's,
0: here's what I'll say. I I personally uh, was surprised at how I, much I didn't enjoy it. I was hoping I'd like change my mind. And and it, the thing is, it feels like. Terrible. It feels boring. It feels terrible, and I I was hoping it wouldn't be. I'm still going to see it, but we'll see as it as it goes along. All right, next question. Wrecker R. Perfect question for this panel. If Batman was to face a monster from his rogues gallery, which one would you like to see? Mm. Ooh. Clayface.
3: Clayface. Yes, I want to see them, them because I I think I know we talk so much about CGI, uh-huh, uh-huh. but I think CGI done right can make this look well. Okay. I you know I get scary visions of what happened with Sandman in Spider-Man oh, 3 God, yeah. you know things like that but I know the molten facial look I think we could do it'd be Clayface for me okay I'd like to see that
4: uh I'm monsters relative I suppose but I, I can't escape how much I want a good Mr. Freeze okay. like I really want a sweeping tragic narrative of he, he's he got this tragic backstory or more than the, the, the re-jokering like the Joker showed how broken but like on the surface Mr. Freeze is broken I'd like yeah. to see I want to see like a Nicholas Sparks-esque like Ryan Gosling Mr. Freeze where it's like a, a romantic love story and then he has to save his wife that's right <laughs> Mr. Freeze kiss almost kissing in the rain on a Nicholas Sparks poster <laughs> you want origin
0: story you want Mr. Freeze in his whole thing like slowly riding a horse oh 100%, 100%. he's like
4: I want my wife and he's trying to save her and it's I very dramatic I want my wife yeah it's just like and there's like puns somehow still though
0: you're insane
3: <laughs> can, we real, can we get a real bang then uh Oh, dude, a real bane. real bane. I know a lot of a people real bane? like. Sure, sure, I know sure. a lot of people like Tom Hardy. I like the voice. Mm-hmm. The Sean Connery with a mask on the face? Voice, yeah, because that's what he yeah. sounded like. But I would like to see another a, a really physically imposing that you just don't have to shoot up. Yeah. <laughs> shoot up while he's on an apple box van, bang It'd it also I'm be fun
4: to play with a mystery where he's like, like a hush character or court of owls where it's Batman trying mm. to like the monster is the city or the monster is the concept yeah, or the monster right. is him dealing with his own damages because he's the court of owls is fun because it's Batman realizing that he's not in as much control as he always thinks he is right. and that becomes the story so I'd love to see a, a more
0: distant villain I say Solomon Grundy played by Dave Batista, um, Dave Harbour or Solomon yes, Grundy. No. I saw Hellboy uh, <laughs> Two more questions for you before we wrap up. In this is from MK Songbird in recent Men's Health interview. Cavill, Henry Cavill, on the heels of the recent Snyder Cut thing, he did an interview here. He said, "There's a lot of justice to be done for Superman," and and said, and when asked about the status, he said, "Quote unquote, you'll see." So, do you think we'll see him again as Superman? Uh, you know, I think we might see him before Jay Washington. I think uh, we
1: just oh, lost well.
4: Jay to the... Uh, the That's how he feels Get about your him. butt back uh, on the set! I do... I feel like Henry Cavill hasn't been officially let go to the level that he can't say things like this. Right, right. Uh, I do feel like he had a... a that Instagram post still is... A, a, one of the things that I'm glad the internet exists for, because that couldn't have happened in movie publicity ever. Yeah. It, like him... The, what was that? So I feel like uh, we will have... Maybe an opportunity, but I do feel like they're starting to do Elseworld-type stuff with DC. I don't think their movie's going to be connected you think? Do you think the, the
0: reason he didn't do a hashtag for release of Statico is because he will be coming back?
4: I think he's going to come back in a movie that's not connected to the DC. Okay. Great. I, it's not going to be DCEU. I think he'll get a DC film again.
0: Okay. Jay? All right, let's move on to our next thing. Our last question, it's from Travis Earl. Uh, Do the new Star Wars photos give you hope for the future? Let's take a look at them now. This got released uh, as we were coming on set this morning. Great new photos from uh, Entertainment Weekly here. Uh, You got Finn Boyega there. You've got Poe Dameron, uh, Oscar Isaac. Finn Boyega? I like how you said that. Yeah, yeah, I like John (laughs) Boyega. Finn. Finn. Uh, And this, I love this shout out to Luke Skywalker, right? It's got that vibe, that uh, new hope vibe. There with Ray, uh, so I, I personally I will answer first. I loved these pictures. they get me excited once again that this is going to be a great wrap up of this entire Uh, This entire, I don't know what nine movies is, but uh, this entire (laughs) thing that it was, the three trilogies that they were all coming together ending here and I liked it doing shades of going back to the past and especially having Poe Dameron fly the Millennium Falcon which is one of those got released yesterday as well so to me, I love this. I don't know, I love it. I'm I'm excited for it. I love it.
3: I'm excited for it. Maybe
0: I'm a state of arrested development but I love it.
3: (laughs) Go ahead. I'm excited for it. I I can't wait for it to happen. I'm I'm waiting for the movie. I want to see how J.J. Abrams Ties this all up Mm -hmm. You know You're like Hey You're the guy Who did seven Now you're gonna He says he's leaning Into some of the things From the last Jedi Right 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 And so now With the rise of Skywalker You tie it all together You wrap it up Put this bow on it So we can move Completely outside of Skywalker now. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, there you go.
4: I like the images; they feel nostalgic but new. Uh, they feel classic. I, I think it's a great way to sell a movie. And I think the biggest moment for me was the Poe Dameron shot as well. Like, the, I, I never thought of that moment for anyone else flying Millennium Falcon, but then the moment I saw that image, I was like, "This is exciting for me." <laughs> yeah. like one of those things where you
0: don't realize that's going to be a moment, and then when it is, you you can't imagine life without it. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, that's the point. We have to wrap up here. Thanks everybody for watching this live episode of Collider Movie Tech. Always appreciate you taking the time to watch or to listen to us as we go on and on about uh about topics going on in the world of entertainment and film and television thank you to jay washington thank you so much sir thank you Koi jandro always oh, and uh beer. ladies and gentlemen please don't forget 10 a.m live collider live darina and uh roxy there with riley bringing on a bunch of guests talking about a bunch of stuff we got some a martha will be visiting early uh, at 10:10, and then tom and david from the new aeronauts film are going to be stopping by to talk on collider live as well so don't miss that 10 a.m at the top of the hour live all right we'll talk to you tomorrow shout out to adam smith thank you adam shout that's Dorian and Thad in the chat. And we'll talk to you tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time with another uh, new live episode of and Movie Talk. Take care.
1: Napa no.